There's so much that God wants to do for you, but you've got to surrender your will for his will. And now for If It Ain't Good, It Ain't Over. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother... And sister, you need the word. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's so good to be before you tonight and stay tuned because tonight's message is going to bless your socks off. Hallelujah. Why? Because this message deals with rejection and redirection. And it, it will be entitled... If it ain't good, it ain't over. And you have to say it in that same vernacular. You have to give me the smacking sound and everything. You can't have to say ain't. You do have to say ain't. It doesn't have the same meaning or feeling if you say, if it isn't good, it isn't over. That's not the same thing. You have to say, if it ain't good, it ain't over. Okay? So if I'm expecting you to give me call and response, that's what I want you to say. So today we're going to be kind of bouncing around in four different scriptures that I know will marinate your heart. They're going to bless you and you will think of them every single day from this day forward. Those scriptures, I'm going to read them, but if you want to kind of put your finger in them, if you have the time, you can. And they are Psalms chapter 34, John chapter 1, James chapter 1, and Romans chapter 8, okay? And in the absence of our amazing co-pastor C. Elisha, I will do the honor of providing you with some humor, okay? A mom visits her son for dinner who lives with a girl as a roommate. During his meal, his mother couldn't help but notice how pretty his roommate was. She had long been suspicious of a relationship between the two, and this had only made her more curious. Over the course of the evening while watching the two interact, she started to wonder if there was more between them. And reading his mom's thoughts, the son volunteered, I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you we are just roommates. About a week later, his roommate came to him saying, "Hmm, you know what, ever since your mother came to dinner, I've been unable to find the silver plate. You don't suppose your mother took it, do you? He said, I doubt it, but I will email her just to be sure. That sounds like a guy's response, right, women? I'll email her just to be sure. So this is what he sat down and wrote. Dear Mom, after you visited me, the silver plate has been missing. I'm not saying that you did take the silver plate from my house, and I'm not saying that you didn't take the silver plate from my house, but the fact remains that it has been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Love you, your son. Well, several days later, he received an email from his mother, which read, Dear son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with your roommate, and I'm not saying that you don't sleep with her, but the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the silver plate now under her pillow. (laughs) I said, that is such a clever way for the mom. (laughs) To get the truth to come out, right? If it ain't good, it ain't over, right? So that's what we're going to be today. And I want to cover like five rejection times in our lives that we experience. There are many 
types of rejection. There are many types of failures. There are many layers of rejection and many layers of failure. However, just for tonight, we're just going to braze through, just go over these five, just because some of you may be saying, well, I've never felt rejection, and that's a blessing. But just in case you have that thought, I kind of wanted to refresh your memory of some of the things of the olden times. So, say you were working for a company and you were overlooked for that promotion. You worked so hard. You were there early. You stayed late. You were that energy in the room and you made sure all of the other employees came through. You were the one who made sure that the manager knew who did not do their work. And when it came time for that promotion to give you just what you knew you deserved, they passed it to somebody else. Guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. What about if you ever applied for a job and went through the interview process? You actually made it to the second interview, the third interview. The chemistry was so right in the room. You answered all the questions right. You actually liked the interviewer. And then you either get a phone call or an email and you get so excited when you see it because you know this is the acceptance letter or this is your time where you're going to be asked, you know, what kind of pay do you want? And they say, oh, we decided to choose another candidate. We appreciate you participating in this interview process. You're like, what? I was qualified. I was actually probably overqualified. What happened? Guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. Now, this was a touchy one, but it has probably affected 90% of the people in here. And if not 90, then that means you know somebody who it has affected. Breakup or being ghosted. How many of you know what that means? That's a new term that I'm just learning when you've been ghosted. That means you're in a relationship with someone and you all have the best time together. And then poof, all of a sudden, their phone, they don't answer. They are no longer at the address you thought they lived at. They no longer call you back. You can't get them on social media. You can't find them anywhere. You're calling the job. Nobody's answered. It's like they just totally disappeared. And it is so painful to think that someone would not regard you enough to tell you why they no longer want to have anything to do with you. Ghost it. But guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. Then there's the other side of that type of breakup, which is divorce. That is probably one of the hardest counseling sessions to have with the other half of the relationship because sometimes they are blindsided by the fact that someone no longer wants to spend time with them or be with them. And it is traumatizing over the next few years of their lives. They literally go through depression and they try to figure out, why was I rejected? What was it about me? I thought everything was fine. But guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. And then there's this one that bothered me as a small child. I don't know if any of you have ever had this. You're in the classroom and you go, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know. And then the teacher picks the child that they always pick. And you're like, but I knew it this time. You always pick them. You never pick me. But guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. 
And then there's the other thing that happened to me. I don't know if it's ever happened to you all. You all are outside playing, and they have teams like kickball or one hop, and they're, you know, picking teams, and you're standing there. Now, I'm the youngest of three, and I have two very much older brothers than me, but I wanted to play like them. So I was standing there waiting for them to pick me, and I knew somebody was going to pick me, but it never failed. At the end of all the picking, I'm the last man standing. And my brother George would say, well... I guess you with us again, Stephanie. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be. I wanted someone to pick me. So I went through, as a little kid, the rejection of, why y'all don't want me on your team? But guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. And one more, invitations. Say you're sitting around and you hear your peers talking. And they're actually talking about an event that you don't know anything about. So you ask about it, you're like, what are y'all talking about? And they say, oh, such and such is having a party. And we were just talking about what time we were going to arrive. She's having a party or he's having a party? I didn't know anything about that. Oh, you didn't get an invitation? No. You know, you kind of feel some kind of way. And then in your mind, you say, well, I didn't want to go no way. But you still walk away feeling some kind of way. Guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. So we're going to talk about these amazing verses. I'm so excited to tell you. I can't even get it out right. Because these four verses tell you that if it's not good, then God is not finished. Psalms chapter 34 verse 10 says, Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. So those things that you thought you were rejected from or were failing at, If it's not good for you, maybe God doesn't want you to have it. Because if it ain't good, then God is not finished. It ain't over. Then there's the other verse, James chapter 1, verse 17. Everybody knows this verse because it says, All good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. All good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. If it ain't good, it ain't over. And then you've got to read Romans 8, 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. It's the same thing over and over and over again. If it's not good, then it's not for you. And if it ain't good while you're in it, God isn't finished. It's not over. So let me tell you how some of our favorite people in the Bible suffered rejection. And it's quite a few of them, so for the sake of time, I only have just a few that I can talk about. So I'm just going to go down the list. Like there was, in the beginning, it was Cain, and you had Moses, you had Samuel, King Saul. Noah suffered rejection from the people because they thought he was crazy for building. It had never rained, so they thought he was crazy. And then what about each of Jesus' disciples suffered rejection? Mary Magdalene suffered rejection from her tattered past. And our very own creator, our heavenly father, suffered rejection. He suffered rejection when the children of Israel wanted a king instead of keeping him as king. So for the sake of time, I'm only going to talk about three people. We're first going to talk about Joseph. Now, This little story, I love to talk about Joseph. I love to study Joseph because when I say his life is rich in experiences, I am not joking. If you ever want to study someone in the word of God, Joseph 
is like the one character that will help shape you and keep you because he made it from the pit to being a prince. So, so Joseph is the son of Rachel and he is the favorite child of Rachel. Rachel was the woman when Joseph met her, he fell in love instantly and he actually kissed her within just moments of meeting her. So he was in love with Rachel. So Joseph is this son that we're going to be talking about. He went from the pit to the palace. He was rejected by his brothers, put in a pit and sold into slavery, where he became the second in command to the captain of Pharaoh's guards, Potiphar. And because God was with him, everything began to work out in his favor. Now he went from the pit being sold into slavery to being second in command in the house of the person who bought him. He went from the pit to the palace. Then while he was in the palace, because he was so excellent and God was with him, there was just an aura about him. The wife of Potiphar really, really wanted Joseph, you know, to be her sidekick. He said, no, I'm not going to do that. So then she lied on him and told the people that he tried to lay with her, which he didn't, but they believed the wife over Joseph, and then they threw Joseph in jail. So while in jail, Joseph also excels. He's in jail and becomes the jailer. He becomes really close with the warden, and the warden puts him over the people in jail. So in the beginning, from the pit to the palace, being in jail to being the jailer, If it ain't good, it ain't over. God is still working in the midst. Then, while he's in the jail, he encounters two people, and he becomes a prophet. He's talking to these two men, the butler and the baker, and the butler tells his story, the baker tells his story, and guess what? When he interprets their dreams, they come to pass exactly as he states, because God is with him. So he goes from pauper to prophet while he's in the jail. And he told the butler, hey, when all is well with you, don't forget me. Don't forget what I told you. The butler forgot him. But if it ain't good, it ain't over. Because while he's in jail, eventually Pharaoh has himself some dreams too. And the magicians and none of his councilmen can help him. So what do they do? They just start scrambling. The butler says, oh, I remember this guy who was in the jail, Joseph. He had the power of God with him. He can interpret your dreams. So they went and got Joseph. But he was in jail another two years before this happened. He comes out. They clean him up. And he's before the Pharaoh. So now he's gone from a pauper to a prophet. And now he's going to go from a prophet to a prince. Why? Because as he's talking to the Pharaoh, he tells the Pharaoh exactly what the interpretation of his dream is. And the Pharaoh is satisfied with the interpretation. And he said, look, you need to hire somebody to come in and begin to start this process of collecting so that when there's a famine, you can have excess and you can have the ability to sell what you have in excess so that you can then become more profitable. He said, you need to find somebody to do that. Pharaoh said, do you know somebody? Hey, you know somebody? Well, since you thought of it and you seem to be excellent, I want you to do it. He made him second 
to himself. If it ain't good, it ain't over. Now, Joseph, he was a teenager when he was cast into the pit. This is almost 15, 20 years later before he is able to really enjoy the powerful destiny that God had for him. But he had to walk through the trials. He had to understand and trust God through it all that if it ain't good, then it's not over. God is not finished. And he trusted him completely in that way. So y'all understand now, if it ain't good, it ain't over. So, okay, ladies, I got somebody for you. I know I talked about Joseph. Let's talk about Leah. This is Joseph's auntie. So (laughs) Rachel, Joseph's mother, has a sister. And the sister is Joseph's auntie. But the sister's life was one of a lot of turmoil. If I had to say, if there was one person in the Bible as a wife that I would not want to be like, it would be Leah. Or I would not want to be in her position because she ended up becoming one of the most proud women in the Bible as a result of the lineage that came from her. But just her situation, I mean, that's just heart-wrenching. So the short of the story is Jacob wanted Rachel. The father tricked Jacob and told him, hey, come on in. Yeah, you can work seven years for Rachel. And he said, that's good. I'm going to do it. So they supposedly married, but on the honeymoon night, you know, it's dark. Back in those times, they didn't have electricity. So, you know, the tent is dark. They go in. He goes into what he thinks is his wife, Rachel. He's been with her all night, wakes up, beautiful sunshine morning, looks over, and it's not Rachel. It's Leah. So can you imagine the horror on his face? The anger that kindled up and she could feel the tension. But all night long, he treated her like the woman he loved and changed. Just flipped the script just like that. So now this woman is feeling rejected and dejected. She felt shattered and overlooked. She had 10 of Jacob's sons. 10. So she was an important woman in the word of God. But she was rejected. She was set aside. She was not held close to Jacob's heart. As a matter of fact, she yearned for his heart. But guess what? If it ain't good, it ain't over. Do you know that the fourth child of Leah is Judah? Have y'all heard that name before? Judah is the line of Jesus Christ. God chose the fourth child of the rejected wife of Jacob, Leah, to bring his holy son through. If it ain't good, it ain't over. So then you have to talk about Tamar, because I want to tell you a little story about Judah. This situation is crazy. If you have never sat down and read the Bible, there are so many drama stories and so much dirt and stuff that went on that you would just be so excited to keep reading. If you've never read the Bible, it really is a very interesting history book. It is true stories, but they are deep. So the story of Tamar is one with Judah. And you know what? Yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you. So Tamar is the daughter-in-law of Judah. 
Judah has three sons, and she's married to the oldest, Er, E-R, Er. Er, the Bible said he was so evil that he just died. It didn't say that God killed him, but it just said he was so evil that he died. I mean, that's just evil. So in their custom, when there are no children born to the oldest son, then the next oldest son is to marry that wife and give her a child so that the bloodline can continue. So Judah honored that and he gave her Onan. Well, Onan obviously wasn't all that good either because Onan enjoyed the pleasure but did not plant the seed. Meaning he enjoyed having intercourse with her, but when it was time to give her seed, he wasted it on the ground. And God did not like that. And guess what? God killed him. Now, there was specific. God killed Onan because he did not give seed to Tamar for Judah. I mean, you got to think, Judah's smart. Judah was like, look, Ur is dead. He was married to Tamar. Onan is not dead. He was married to Tamar. I got one more son. I don't think I'm going to let Sheila get with Tamar because it sounds like I ain't going to have no kids if I let him get with her. So Judah reserved his last son and did not give him to Tamar for her to have a child to continue the bloodline of her deceased husband. And Tamar took matters into her own hands. It took a long time. She was in seclusion for a while. But eventually Tamar said, this man is crazy. She disguised herself as a prostitute. Now, mind you, she is a very good woman. But I guess this is the only way she figured it was going to work. She disguised herself as a prostitute. She went to Judah, and they had relations. And she got pregnant with twins, Perez and Zira. She got pregnant with twins. And when he heard about it, he was like, oh, no. She's just defiling our name. This is, this is bad for my bloodline. But what she did, she was a smart woman. In that transaction she had with him, he left some things behind. And when he got ready to have her stoned, she showed him his items. And he said, oh, wait, 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 never mind. She good. Don't bother. She good. We good. All is well. So guess who else is in the line of Jesus? The child of that union, Perez. So if it ain't good, it ain't over. God can use the rejected, the dejected, the failure. He can use it all for his glory because it says it's all going to work together for our good. There are certain things that have to happen for God's plan to come to pass. And the why is this so important? Why am I drilling this home that if it ain't good, it ain't over? And that being rejected doesn't always mean a bad thing. It could be redirection. Guess who else was rejected? Jesus was rejected. Jesus was rejected by the Jews. And guess what? He came for the Jews. And if they had not rejected him, anybody in here a Jew? No hands. We were allowed to be a part of the kingdom of God because Jesus was rejected by the very people he came for. It opened it up for us to accept him as Lord and Savior and even enter into the kingdom of God. If it ain't good, it ain't over. Jesus was rejected 
And he said, if they treat me like this, they're definitely going to treat you like that. You just have to walk in the knowledge that all things are going to work together for your good. You have to walk in the knowledge of Psalms 34. Those who trust in the Lord shall lack no good thing. And that all good and perfect gifts come from the Lord. If it ain't good, it ain't over. So begin to inquire with yourself, am I trusting God? Because if I'm trusting God, those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Are you doing things in your own will, in your own volition? If you are, stop. Reconnect with God and get his path. Because if it ain't good, it ain't over. So... I was talking to my children about this because, you know, when you're preparing for a sermon and when you're meditating in the word of God, he begins to just open up things so that you can really understand. And one of the things that has kind of been dropped in my spirit is how young we are in relation to the people of the Bible. They lived for centuries. They lived 800, 600, 500 years. And when God decreased our lifespan, I can understand why he calls us children. Because if you compare me to someone who's lived 500 years, who's lived 385 years, and I'm only 49, that would be like a baby. Like I have no real wisdom. I really haven't lived. I haven't experienced anything. And if we're to look at that and understand that God's timing is so like, above and beyond what we understand if it ain't good it ain't over was such a big thing in my parents life because my parents were married for 14 years wishing for children trying for children could not have children but if you think about the Sarah and the Elizabeth in the Bible and it appeared that their age was old and that they shouldn't be allowed to have kids, to God, they were still very, very young. Because in his will, you know, it says a thousand years a day unto the Lord. He doesn't see time like we do. So my mom and dad were trying their best for kids. It wasn't until 14 years later that they had my brother George. Then the next year, my brother Jim. And then four years after Jim, they had me. And to them, they're thinking, wow, we're now in our prime. You know, we ready to travel, but now we have your kids. And as I grew up and understood God's timing, if it had not been in the will of God to be such as it was, I would have been too old for my husband. Because if they wanted me to be born when they wanted me to be born, I would have been born in the 60s or the 50s. But the Lord waited for me to be born in the 70s. So if it ain't good, it ain't over. And if you think about Sarah and Elizabeth in the word of God, is anything too hard for God? No, not anything. So just wait on God. Just trust and believe that if it's not good, That God is not finished. He is not finished. So if there's anybody here today that you felt rejected, you felt like you just 
haven't had the right hand up or things in your world have just not been going according to the plan that you think has been set for you or if you feel like that ruddy old shepherd boy like David and you've been doing all this hard work but the kingdom that is promised to you you haven't seen it nor any sign of it there's so much that God wants to do for you but you've got to surrender your will for his will so I just want to pray for those who desire to have that full relationship with God and for you to watch the destiny that he has given you actually come into being. Just like on a GPS when you're driving in your car, sometimes we make wrong turns, but the destination is still set. That does not change. might take you a little longer. You might have to wait a little while. But your destination in the eyes of God is still set for where you're supposed to be. So today, if there's anyone who feels like you just haven't had the opportunity for God to really move and show you who he is, I want to I just touch and agree with you. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19 says, where two or more are gathered in his name, touching anything, he is one in the midst and anything we ask by faith, he is willing to give it to you. And I'm willing to touch and agree with you in the full knowledge and the full faith that all things are going to work together for your good. If you're here and if there's anyone who just wants that, you don't have to come forward because I know COVID is what it is. But I just want to pray with you. I just want you to have that assurance that you're not alone. To know that God is working and your purpose is his purpose. But you just got to line up. You got to stop and ask him, Lord, am I in line with what you would have me to be? So if you'll just bow with me right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, oh, your most holy son, we just thank you for the opportunity to show yourself strong. We thank you right now, Lord, for the opportunity to ask you again for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we ask you to create in us a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within us. Cast us not away from thy presence. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Father we just ask you. By the blood of Jesus. That you would show us your goodness. Just like Moses asked to see your goodness. Lord just show us your goodness. Just keep us in the cleft of the rock. Father so that we can watch your goodness pass by us. We thank you Lord. For an opportunity for you to be big in our lives. We thank you for an opportunity to open yourself up. So that we can give your name the glory. And that here in the earth. We can let our light so shine. That men would see our good work. And glorify you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to just bow down, to say thank you for the direction. Thank you for not letting us be taken into certain things, Lord. Thank you for not letting me get that job, Lord. Thank you for removing that boyfriend from my life. Thank you for not letting me stay married to that person, Father. Thank you for allowing my heart to be redirected for you, Lord, because your purpose is why I'm here. Father, help us all to just line up with your word. Help us, Lord. I believe by faith. I believe that we're touching and agreeing right now, Lord, that your will is going to be done. We thank you, Lord, as we watch the good works. We thank you, Lord, as we watch your good hand move in our lives because nothing is too hard for you. Absolutely 
nothing is too hard for you. And Lord, we are careful to honor you, praise you, worship you, serve you. Give your name the glory, the honor, the praise that it deserves. And it is in Jesus' name that we say, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us tonight for this sermon. You can send it to any friend absolutely free at brothersoftheword.com. You can just click on it and there's a button to hit share and you can share it and just bless someone, someone who you know may be hopeless or feeling left out or let down. Bless them with this message in Jesus' name. Go in peace in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled, If It Ain't Good, It Ain't Over, by Stephanie Bronner. This message is number 6583. That's 6583 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 6583 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to iwanttogive.com. That's iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because brother you need the word.